All right. Welcome back to Black Equity Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Motray. I am excited for a great conversation today, but it's going to be a little different. Actually, uh, when we first started uh, recording Black Equity Podcast back on season one, one of our favorite episodes, or at least uh, one of your favorite episodes, our audience will let us know about the Friday night news dumps. We used to do those maybe once a quarter we would go through the headlines and we would look at what was all happening uh during the friday night news dumps and pick out some of the top stories and what we found you know, something that i've always known i just brought it to the podcast space is most of the big stories come out on fridays right or sometimes nowadays it's a weekend news dump because they'll throw it out on a saturday or a sunday and so today's going to be more like that as far as one of those old episodes. Uh, I don't expect for there to be a guest today. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Somebody may call in. Someone may not call in. But uh, I-, I wanted to kind of go through some of the things that are currently happening right now and just talk about why we should either be paying attention to them, not paying attention to them. What are they telling us? What are they not telling us? You know, a part of what we do here is bigger than just, hey, that's a really cool person. I want to connect with them. We've built a really great brand on siphoning through what's real and what's fake. Right? What's real? What's authentic? Right? What's what's authentic and what's not authentic? What's something that we can hold on to? What's some things we gotta let go of? That's really what this platform is about. I'm not sure about what other people got going on, right? And I know <laughs> a lot of y'all have put so much money, time, energy, resources into making sure that your platform has all the bells and whistles possible. All the bells and whistles you could ever imagine. And the information is still inaccurate. So what our job is, is to look at the information and try to find the accuracy in it. Right? That's what the platform was all about. Let's follow the money and let's find where the truth is. And then it led us to meeting all of these really wonderful people, great people who wanted an opportunity to have their story told and to document it. But I've always been telling people that I've been running into that were early listeners, early. You know, they'll say, man, you know, some people call me DJ. They'll say, yo, DJ. You know, some of those early episodes you have are a lot different than what you do now. I say, actually, it's the same. See, a lot of people would say that back then uh, we weren't having guests on. We were just, you know, really analyzing information and finding key things. We would analyze a Breakfast Club conversation and see what is the hidden wisdom in it. We would analyze a, an interview and and see where the information is we would uh, analyze and headline see where the information is and so that was really where we built 
our audience, right? And I always used to tell people that I, I started off that way just in case people wanted to start saying, well, fine, I'm not coming on your show. I'm not coming over there no more, right? You, you know how it can get you. People reach a certain level of success or whatever we want to call it. And they start acting like they're better than you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just funny. People reach a certain level of success and they think, oh, I'm better than you. We don't need you. Your shit ain't all that, right? That's how it go. And that's for everybody. It ain't just me. Everybody deals with that's a prop that's the only thing with guests is you eventually deal with people who will shit on your what you built even though what you built helped them that's the game but i always said well the reason why we did the first season that way is whenever people start shitting on us just let you know we really don't need guests we actually built this thing with no guest right and so what you'll see a lot this season is a little mixture of everything some of the things that we really enjoy which is what you'll see today um you may see a few guests we've already had one guest on this season uh we have some more who are gonna fly in have some really great conversations but there may be some times where it's just you and i and I've actually been hearing more and more people saying, hey, man, I really want more of you. I really want to have more, you know, one-on-one with the audience and, you know, more knowing more about how I think and how I'm processing this world that we happen to be all living in. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to today's uh, episode. Uh, I will be uh, sipping on my, um, what do they call this? Uh, it's not hot chocolate. It's like a chate type thing. It tastes really good though. But I'll be sipping. So you may hear me uh, throughout the uh, episode. You may hear me uh, take sips here and there. And also, if you're trying to watch the video, uh, the best place right now is on Spotify. We've uh, started uploading the videos on Spotify. They have a really great feature there. Um, I'm not sure how long we will be doing that. Going to give it a, a, a while and see how the relationship with Spotify is, but I think it's a cool thing for now. So we'll play around with it and, and see what's going on. I try to stay fluid, y'all. I try to stay fluid. I don't want to do, I don't want to do stuff that everyone else is doing and or get caught up in only doing one thing. I try to stay fluid. And I'm sure people would say, well, you know, that we want consistency. I want I want authentic, you know, I want to be authentic. And so sometimes being authentic means, hey, we may do this in June or July, but we may switch it up for August type of thing, right? Um, so we'll see. We'll see where it takes us. Uh, but I would definitely encourage you to listen on on uh, Spotify. If you want to watch the video on other platforms, you're probably only hearing the audio, but I am holding a cup in my hand and I am about to sip right and then we're going to get into some of the topics over the weekend that i think are important important for us to examine 
So let me take my uh, sip real quick. All right, so let's do this. Now, there was a story that came out over the weekend that I think needs our attention. So let's uh, pull up, let's pull this up real quick. I saw some tweets going out over the weekend about uh, a company named uh, Honeypot, which if my memory serves me correctly, is a black owned uh, company. And matter of fact, let's look that up. Let's see what the actual description of Honeypot is. And bear with me because I'm going to do this in real time. There's no scripts. I'm not standing in front of any imaginary special effects. Everything that you see around me is all real. There's no magic tricks. There's nothing up my sleeves. I I am not trying to give you bells and whistles. Let me tell you why I'm not giving y'all bells and whistles. Bells and whistles make too much noise. We're not trying to make noise, right? (laughs) We're not trying to make noise. We're trying to give you the right information. Bells and whistles are only done by people who are just making a whole bunch of noise. So then you can look over there, get distracted, and take you off your course. So there's no bells and whistles here, no magic tricks. There's nothing behind me that's not real. The the sunlight that you see is real sunlight. There's nobody holding or dangling microphones in front of me. And I'm not pretending to be something I'm not. I don't have any fake names on. This is me, Derek Moultrie, right? So because of that, they'll say, man, you're just not, you're not at the top, man. You're not, you're not, you're not that, right? You just, you're not. You know, we need this and this and this and this. We don't want to be on your program because we like this. Look, if you want bells and whistles, go for it. But I'm the kind of person that once you you tell me that I ain't shit and the other people are shit, don't come back. I think that deserves a sip. Don't come back. Uh, You said we wasn't valuable and you don't need us. Gotcha. All right. Because the, the power of this platform has really less to do about bells and whistles. And it's really more about tuning in to a certain type of frequency. A frequency of, of discovery and truth and imagination and being okay with just being who you are. Of course, we will always want to strive to be better and be more disciplined at our craft. But at the end of the day, the bells and whistles has never been the kind of person that I am. I I just don't anticipate that the things that I'll be doing require me to throw my hands in the air and say, hey, look over here and read scripts and um, 
pretend to be something that I'm not. Just saying, right? So there's this co- company called Honeypie. I remember them last year or a year before. They were they came out of the gate swinging, and uh, a lot of um, mainly women were buying their products, but men were buying their products too. They were buying them for the the women in their life, but uh, there were like long uh, hold times and wait times in order to get. Uh, the products, uh, feminine care for those who need it most. I think they had, they positioned themselves to be in Target uh, a few years ago. Well, there's a story out now that uh, the Honeypot has sold their company. Here we go. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. 20 hours ago, popular brand Honeypot is trending because consumers are upset about formula changes. Uh, so it says here, after seeing posts about, oh, let's look at this. This is from Twitter. After seeing posts about Honeypot changing up ingredients, I just checked a new bottle and an old bottle. I'm sick. We can't have anything. So apparently the ingredients have changed on this company called Honeypot. And it says she sold off to a beer corporation, took off the organic and paraben free label, and we can't have anything. So there were a lot of Black women on Twitter who were outraged that this company sold and uh, the ingredients changed. And I think mainly it's because the ingredients changed. I think if the company sold is one thing, right? Let's see, Honeypot company sold. And I'm doing this in real time, y'all. I'm not, I don't have any notes. I do have a list here of some of the things I want to discuss, but I don't have anything specific of, you know, ABC. We're going to say this. No, we're just going to review it and talk about it organically over a cup of, a form of coffee, Right. So let's see, Honeypot company sold into social media's Honeypot of, see, I don't actually see anything that confirms. I see behind her empire, how Beatrice Dixon scaled the Honeypot company from her kitchen, right? That was from 2021. So that was around last year. And they were doing a report. This was Dot LA did a report on her, which is awesome. Uh, shout out to Beatrice. If you want to come on Black Equity and have a conversation, that's fine. Nothing I'm saying here is personal. There's just a story that came out over the weekend. I do not know Beatrice. I don't think we've had an opportunity to speak. I'm always down to speak and have conversations with people who want to rock with me and have conversations with me. Um, but I don't see, you know, when I type in honeypot companies sold, I actually don't see anything specific. Here's something on Twitter. Let's see. Let's see what this says. It seems like more of a Twitter story than anything else. And that brings up a whole nother conversation. Well, I'll tell you, there's no telling where this conversation is going to go today. There is no telling where this conversation is going to go because we're free flowing. 
there's no bells and whistles. So that allows us to be more agile in how we move and how we operate. So Beatrix Dixon quietly got her bag for the money pot company and took a ferry to Martha's Vineyard. No PSA or email. This is from May 15th at 1237. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I, let's go back on to Twitter. Because I don't actually see any proof that the, the company sold. People are saying it on uh, Twitter. So let's let's type this out. You know, a lot of stuff happens first on Twitter. I've seen some uh, conversations. Oh, I got to say this too. There's, there's uh, this myth. Yeah, let's get, let's get into this. You know, I love a good myth <laughs> where it can be debunked. Um, yeah. So there's this myth out here that I purposely go out here and try to search for things in order to uh, call out stuff like on social media or whatever. Nope. Anything that I uh, post or talk about are all things that come to me. Now, there might have been a time in my life where I went out and searched for stuff. Not anymore. Typically, a lot of the information that I gather is really gathered to me. I don't, I do not go out of the way looking for information. The honeypot story was just something on Twitter. I'm only bringing it up again, just so I can refresh my mind of what is the current conversation about um, honeypot. Because I don't actually see any articles. Let's see here, uh, May 14th. Honeypot broke my heart with that one. I can't lie. How you change the main thing when we're using it for? Mm. So I wonder where this stemmed from. Here we go. Oh, here's that same thing, Lily. Koi Lele. After seeing posts about Honeypot changing up the ingredients, I just went to check a few, check a new bottle and an old bottle, and I'm sick. We can't have anything. And there's clearly here a picture of the old bottle. And the first ingredients is purified water. And it has a, sh- a shorter ingredients than the new bottle. And there's a whole bunch of, well, I don't want to say a whole bunch. I'm not a scientist or anything. There appears to be additional items that are added, or I'm sorry, ingredients that are added to this particular company. But a lot of women are really upset. It's not, I'm not saying this off of one tweet. There was a huge, huge influx on my timeline. And by the way, I don't follow anybody. Right? I barely follow, I don't know what it is. Let's pull it up. Right? No magic tricks. You know, I, I will be the first to admit I do not have a million followers and I do not follow a million people. I do not know all the most popular people in the world and I am proud of it. I'm following 500 people on Twitter. Very few people. Most of the people I follow are all people that have been on this platform or I've 
had to unfollow them because they didn't want to stay in communication. Because you got to remember, a lot of people just come on the platform just so they can be seen or whatever it may be. Not just this platform, but all platforms. They just want to be seen. So it's not really about building relationships for them. Fuck a relationship. And that's how they think. And so there are some people I've stayed in, in contact with and, you know, hung out with and would build, you know, long term with. And there's some people that were just a one time, hey, great to meet you type thing. And I expected that. There's nothing. It is what it is. I say that to say I don't follow a whole bunch of people on Twitter. So for this to make it all the way over to my little corner of the world is very interesting. But I still see, oh, Honeypot would have been better off being sold out of items and raising their prices slightly higher than resorting to more chemicals or resorting to putting chemicals in the in the uh, bottle. Oh, here we go. Don't worry, ladies. I'm coming out with the next Honeypot. Give me like two years. Okay. Not sure who this is. Two years. The Wax Lounge. Rebranding. Aerie the Waxer. Okay. Well, she says give her two years, so we'll see. Look, there seems to be something brewing in this space. But I do want to address part of this. Now, obviously, oh, here we go. One more tweet. 22 hours ago. I noticed the change immediately after my body told me something was up the whites from the honeypot have gone to hell as well this is what i switched to as much more gentle and effective it's from target it only sells for five dollars oh here we go that's the conversation i wanted to have shout out the fifth house of jazabelle um she says this is a response to a lady named Sunny. Uh, she says, dang, honeypot went from black owned to black funded. That explains the rebrand. Matter of fact, this is the tweet. I had no idea, y'all. This is the tweet I saw the other night. And it got me thinking, this one got 59,000 likes, 13,000 retweets. This is, the, this is the exact tweet that found its way to me on Friday night or Saturday. Right, it says May 13th. What day was that? Yeah, so May 13th was Friday. So I don't remember, I might not have seen it till Saturday. And then the response is from uh, an account by the name of Fifth House Jazabelle in Enemo Hose 2. Look, like I said, I'm just getting it straight from the streets. Okay. See, when there's no bells and whistles, sometimes it ain't no. You know, sometimes the people that you quote them may not necessarily be the most polished people. Their names may have the word hose in it, but that don't change the information. So this account says this goes into the bigger conversation on how we need in all black investment groups, think tanks and management groups. So if black companies like Honeypot and others want to sell, then they have an option to sell a black conglomerate. And that's where I wanted to go today. And I've had this conversation for quite some time, quite some time about 
what is needed in our culture, our community. And I agree with this person. I really do. And matter of fact, the idea is such a great idea that you almost would want to reach out and say, hey, how do we make this thing happen? The great thing for me is I know exactly what to do. I know exactly what, when when this person says, and I don't want to say he or she, because I don't know who's really behind. I don't know who these people are. This goes to a very conversation on how we need an all-Black investment group, think tanks, and management groups. So if Black companies like Honeypot and others want to sell, then they can have an option to sell to a Black conglomerate. Because right now, right now, there's very few of those in place. Not saying that there's not any in place, but there's very few of those in place. Okay. And I keep looking over because I'm getting messages. And like I said, you never know. A guest could pop in. Somebody could send me a message. I'll be like, yo, I'm recording right now. Yo, let me hop on. I got something to say. Okay. Right. So let's look at this. I think there, there's, there's a few people that probably know this answer a lot better than me. I do not know the answers to everything. I don't pretend to know the answers to everything. But what I do know, I do know. And what I don't know, I don't pretend to know. But here I do know something. I do know that this right here is the answer. It has 790 likes, eight quote tweets. I'd like to see who these eight quote tweets are. Oh, we're doing an examination on Twitter today, y'all. <laughs> Who else is doing this? So let's pull that up. Let me pull that up. And yeah, we're going to pull that up. So let me stop sharing the screen here while I sign in. And we're going to see if we can pull up who the eight quote tweets are. Because um, I think we might get get to something. I think that is one of the main things that is missing in our community. And you can never have enough. So if somebody wants to steal this idea or whatever, they can try to steal it. But what that tweet is talking about is exactly what we need in place. We need... uh, Black-owned companies to be bought out by Black-owned private equity groups, Black-owned investment groups, Black-owned management groups. So then things like this don't occur. Now, those companies may, even though it's acquired by a Black-owned something, doesn't mean that the ingredients would change or the ingredients won't change for, for if we're really getting there. Okay, so let's pull that back up. I, I, I've been able to sign in here. Um, so let me see if I can find that same tweet. That was a really get great, a really great examination um, of what is going on with Honeypot. So let me see if I can find that same tweet again. But yeah, so that tweet to me, 
is the answer, but it's not just honeypot. I think that is one of the keys to this whole thing, to the whole situation, is you have to be in position to win a Black-owned company Uh, is ready to sell that a, another black entity, black owned entity can step in, at least have an opportunity to buy these companies out. Right. And so uh, just bear with me here. I'm pulling back up the tweet. I probably should have wrote down that person's uh, name. Right. And I'll share the screen once we uh, pull that tweet back up. That was a really great tweet because when I saw that the other day, well, actually, I didn't see the other one. I saw I saw the first tweet about the issue with Honeypot, and then it led to the other tweet that is talking about, well, this is what we need to do, right? So let's see if we can find that one. Honeypot, Black, Funded was the other tweet. And hopefully we'll be able to to find that. And let me just say this. This this shouldn't be a shot at Miss Beatrix. I don't think. I don't think we should be mad at her because she sold our company. The whole reason, now for those who don't know, you need to check out our other podcast uh, called uh, How to Acquire. Like How to Acquire podcast is where we break down why people are investing in certain areas and what we need to pay attention to as investors. And we have a new season coming for that one as well. Right? So there's some of that kind of sprinkled in here. Okay? And so, yeah, while, while we were doing all that, I was pulling up uh my screen here so hopefully we'll be able to i really wanted to see who the other person was that 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 retweeted that that tweet we'll we'll find it but that is going to be one of the things we need to do so then what do you do next yeah (laughs) it's like that it's that simple Okay, so if that tweet was something that we could work with, what do you do next? So you either need to start a private equity company, right, or private equity fund and raise the private equity uh, capital. And one of the missions of your company is to acquire Black-owned brands. And I don't think that would just be one person. Like, if somebody listening to this hears that and says, I'm going to go do that. Okay. I still think there's room enough for 20 people to go do it. Like, that, like what I'm saying is, that is the current game right now. What happens is companies get big or they get to a, a place where they're acquirable. And then they become acquired. That's the, really the full game. People build companies and they get acquired. They take those winnings. 
They take those earnings and then they reinvest that or do whatever they need to with that. Oh, we got a matter that reminds me of another conversation we need to have today. We got about five topics to, to go through, and this is topic one. Okay. So one of the answers is we can start a private equity group. Matter of fact, we talked to uh, a brother, I believe his name is Arnold Davis, if I'm not mistaken. He was starting a, uh, a group that will invest in uh, Black-owned women. So he would have been a really great person for this if I'm not sure if he knew about it or uh, maybe they have already went past his, his model. I think his is more like early stage he would invest in. So I'm not sure how far Honeypot was or what their investment was looking for, if, if this even went through. Because right now, it's just a Twitter story. I don't see anything where it says that she sold the company or anything like that. So we don't even know. But even if she didn't sell the company, the conversation still remains the same. You have to have the investment dollars to be able to go in and acquire these companies or the investment know-how at the very least, because sometimes it isn't always just about dollars. You have to have the investment know-how to go in and acquire these companies so then you can keep the integrity of the brand. The problem is, not even a problem, what, what the game is right now is White-owned companies will go out and try to acquire Black audiences. And so in the TV world, they'll bring on Black TV shows, attract Black audiences, and then use the Black audience and use advertising dollars on them, right? The advertisers will come in and say, oh, you have a huge Black audience. Uh, Perfect. We'll build our entire brand off of it. You saw it on CW, you saw it on Stars, you saw it, we didn't really have advertising, but you get my drift. These companies, Fox, that's what they did back in the early 90s. They used Black audiences in order to attract the Black, uh, the black uh, people, the people who wanted to target Black audiences, advertisers. That's what they do. That's the game. And so Honeypot has built pretty strong audience of not just black women, um, all women, but black women seem to be the core of who built the company. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm doing that off of frequency and vibes. I could be wrong, but I believe black women are the core of their audience. And if that is true, they may have just lost a core of their business because they tampered with something that many black women saw as authentic. And so now they're jumping ship and potentially going somewhere else. Right. If we can find that tweet, pull that up. Here it is. There it is. And then we'll move on to our next topic. So the tweet was there, this goes into the bigger conversation on how we need an all-Black investment groups, think tanks, and management groups. So if Black companies like Honeypot and others want to sell, then they can have an option to sell to a Black conglomerate. I agree. I agree. And it, it doesn't have to be just one. There's enough here. I'm telling everybody underneath the sound of my voice, if you would like to do this together, we can. If you don't want to work with me and you want to work with someone else, go do it. Don't hurt my feelings. 
but this is one of the solutions. We cannot have the solutions until we have proper diagnosis of the problem. And by golly, we have one. So here are some of the quote tweets. Quote tweets matter, y'all, because somebody is taking the tweet, put it on their own page, but they have something else to say that may be a little bit different. So one person says, yes, to have people that value the experiences of the customers and the company's mission. It will keep the purpose of the company is focused and just continue to receive revenue from it. That should be in business ethics, no cap, because why change it if it's proven to work? Well, the reason why another company may have came in, bought Honey Pot up, changed the ingredients, because it may be cheaper to make it that way. It's that simple. If it's more affordable to make it that way and they can increase their margins, if they're making $6, I'm sorry, if they're making $4 off of every bottle, now they're making eight. You know what I mean? You can lose a few customers and actually make more money. I don't know the margins. I haven't dived into it. That's a whole nother conversation, not for today. That's more of a how to acquire podcast conversation. But I really wanted to have high level overview of what we're looking at. Next tweet, next quote tweet about that tweet. There was only eight of them, right? It's not groundbreaking, but I do believe it's the answer. Honeypot could have been that. She could have been an empire, but we will never know. Chump change for sale, and they fucked up her brand. Fucked her brand up. Hmm. How do I feel about that tweet? Honeypot could have been that. She could have had an empire, but we will never know. Honeypot could have been an empire. And Honeypot could have been the company that acquired other companies. Maybe. It's easy to say that when we are her, we don't know why she got into the game. See, a lot of us <laughs> look at things from a, oh, there's a black person doing something. They're all in for us. And shout out to Beatrice. I don't know her. Don't know if she, I don't know. But just because someone is black does not mean that they care about you. Where have we gotten? And I had to learn the hard way. When I first got into this game, I love my people. And I thought my people love me. Ain't no love in the game. She had a really great idea. She grew that idea. She built that idea. There's actually a great episode we have on, on how to acquire podcasts where we talk about preparing your business to be sell, uh, to be sold. And uh, Michelle, uh, that was on that episode, was telling us, yo, you should be thinking, knowing how to sell your business from the very beginning. Like everything you do needs to prepare that company to be sold. The trademarks, the packaging, everything. You need to have all that in place. So when it's time to sell, you have something valuable. You can make it as valuable as possible. And she looked at the marketplace. She just came out of a pandemic. 
And she decided, if it is true, to sell the company. So I'm not mad at her at that. Could she have had an empire? Maybe. But we're not in her industry. She, she might know the industry better than we do. And she may have looked around and said, it just doesn't make sense to go any further. And she got out. Next tweet. They don't have to sell, sell at all. Do an IPO, make it a publicly traded. The company was successful enough to be able to do that. She could have been the chairman and hired a CEO and a president to run it the way she wants. And that's from uh, Sweet James Jr. John, Sweet James Jones Jr. Uh, not everybody wants to go public. You know, I, I, I met um, I met somebody a couple of years ago. And they were telling me about this other really great investor who's like real popular in his space. I had been trying to reach out to this person years ago. I get, I didn't moved on now. Right. But they were telling me, yo, you need to talk to this person. You need to talk to this person. I said, why do I need to talk to them? What, what, what is, what is it? Yeah. He, he's really great. He's really great. You know, he's done an IPO. He's done an IPO. I mean, they were just singing this person's praises. And tell me about how this person had to did an IPO and that's the person I need to talk to and they know all this. And then like a week later, I talked to somebody and it was like, yeah, I did 50, I've done 50 IPOs. I only say that to say sometimes what somebody else deems as valuable, the person who's done one or two IPOs and the person who has done 50 IPOs, maybe, I don't know. I'm sure they can learn something from both of each other, right? My point is, oh, the person who did I, uh, the 50 IPOs, he even told me one time that IPO is not even the answer for everybody. So this person just says, yeah, they can do an IPO, make it publicly traded. It sounds like a really great tweet, really great commentary, but that may not be the solution. And we don't know what Honeypot was trying to do. So far, I don't, th- I don't see anything where we can be mad at Beatrice. I don't know all the full details, but I just don't see enough. All right, another quote. And we're almost done. Yep, that's why I love what Greenwood is doing. They just acquired the gathering spot. Woo! Ain't that something? That's literally next on my list of topics to discuss. We'll talk about that in one moment. Okay, next tweet. Yes. Okay. So let's take that tweet and let's type in Greenwood and talk about how they got, they went and acquired the gathering spot. But before we do that, let's kind of look at this in relation to Honeypot. This goes into a bigger conversation how we need an all-Black investment groups, think tanks, and management groups. So if Black companies like Honeypot and others want to sell, then they can have an option to sell to a Black conglomerate. The person responds with, yep, that's why I love what Greenwood is doing. They just acquired the gathering spot. So let's look at that. Let's let's take a look at the Greenwood. And, you know, I've been hearing about a Greenwood and the gathering spot. And shout out to the people behind that who are putting all that together 
Oh, here we go. The digital bank Greenwood has acquired private national club, the gathering spot and a one of a kind black owned business merger. Mm. Now merger is a little bit different than the acquisition. Greenwood acquires the gathering spot, creating the largest combined FinTech and community platform for blacks, Latinos and minorities. This moment marks a significant milestone for the culture and strength within our community. That comes from uh, Mr. Paul Judge. I believe he's one of the investors uh, at the, yeah, he's one of the investors at the Greenwood. So when we type that in, now the Greenwood, they're the ones, uh, modern banking for the culture. That's the, that's what the one where Killer Mike has been going around doing conversations. They've been running around having conversations. I haven't talked to them before. I don't, I know nothing. I uh, forget this gentleman's name. Uh, we actually um, briefly uh, worked with his wife in, in the past uh, on a conference that we did. Um, let's see if we can pull it up. We're going to pull this thing up. And see, the thing is, I don't do the whole fanfare thing where, do you know who this person is and the things that they've done? How do you not know? Y'all, y'all be, y'all get so excited by people and their names. Mm -mm -mm. It's really, mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm. I can't say the things I want to. (laughs) <laughs> I, I can't say, I can't say what I really want to say, but y'all know what I'm saying. All right, let me see if I can find the guy's name. I have a name in my head. I just don't want to say the, the wrong guy's name. Oh man. Oh boy. All right, here we go. Let's pull up the Greenwood Bank. All right, so it doesn't tell me who's featured here. I see. Provided. Oh, here we go. Oh, here he is. Andrew Young. I think he was also, yeah, here he is, activist, Atlanta mayor, U.S. congressman, groundbreaking ambassador, social entrepreneur and advisor, President Am- Ambassador Young. Oh, advise, advisor to presidents. So, and then, of course, Killer Mike. So this is the founding team. Andrew Young, Killer Mike, and Ryan Glover. Uh, I don't know anything about Ryan Glover. Let me look at his... Ryan Glover has more than 20 years of experience delivering products focused on the African-American community. In 2011, he started Bounce TV, the first African-American nationwide broadcast network. He also founded Noontime Records and label responsible for more than a dozen Billboard number one hits. Okay. And Killer Mike, will look at his biography real quick. Activist, rapper, businessman, actor, songwriter, Michael Render, also known as Killer Mike, founded Grind Time Official Records and started the bank black movement that encourages african-american families businesses and allies to utilize black owned banks um i don't know if killer mike started the bank black movement i'm not going to say he didn't but it feels like that's a stretch that feels like a stretch and killer mike wants to i'm sorry if michael render wants to come on and talk about how he started the black Big black movement, he can. Uh, I think that's a stretch, but I see uh, he's a, he's an important voice in our community. I'm not here to say that these people aren't great people. I don't know. I don't know these people. 
But I just wanted to give you a shout out who Greenwood is. So this company went out and they acquired the gathering spot. Oh, so here we go. So the board and management team, Paul Judge, which we just saw his tweet, Andrew Young III, Tara Kimbrough, head of talent, Lynn Cherry, compliance and risk officer, Delani, vice president of engineering, and Toyin Adon Abel Jr., vice president of marketing operations. And then you see they're in the media, you see, um, you see Killer Mike. And so, so here are some of the questions that I know our audience would be asking. Well, how come we haven't talked to Greenwood? Now, I have talked to some other up-and-coming Black-owned banks in the past, and those who know, they know. Uh, I haven't talked to Greenwood, and mainly I would only talk to Greenwood if the people that were willing, like, I'm not going to talk to Killer Mike. I'll talk to Michael Render. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell the difference. See, Killer Mike talks to Greenwood with Andrew Young. I'll talk to Michael Render, but I'm not talking to Killer Mike. That makes sense? Like, if Rick Ross wants to come on a program, he would have to be himself. Does that make sense? Like, we don't have time. Like if I was sitting down and uh, having a conversation with an entertainer or somebody, because we're talking about finances and we're talking about the future of our community, I don't have time to talk to your brand. Well, I mean, what do you want me to do? I'm not going to sit down and talk to Killer Mike. I will talk to Michael Render, but I'm not talking to Killer Mike. And I think... Michael Render would understand. We're, this, this is too important of conversations to be running around and talking to people's representatives. That said, okay, so everything is good. They got their self, you can actually learn a lot about, about business from this. They got their self a good founding team. Uh, they, they all offer something different. You have, you have some really great movers and shakers. And I'm really excited because I've seen all the work that uh, Michael Render has been doing. So this is a really great, I'm sure he was ecstatic to be, you know, part of this and, and put this together, but then it leads us to the gathering spot. So look, look at that. So already on the website, it has who we are, the gathering spot collaboration. Greenwood Incorporated inquires a gathering spot, creating the largest combined FinTech and community platform for blacks and minorities. Now the other article said Latinos. So now where's the Latino part at? Did that part disappear or you remember that? Remember Paul Judge said in his tweet and, and Paul can come on and talk as well. So they have a really good uh, board team too. Oh, here we go from the gathering spot. The gathering spot uh, prides itself on building intentional community one where we can celebrate each member and connect with them to the resources and networks they need to build on their successes. Uh, the combination of Greenwood and the Gathering Spot provides immense benefits to the members and will unlock a full range from financial education to banking and financial tools, said T.K. Peterson, co-founder of the Gathering Spot and vice president of Greenwood. Ah, 
We are excited to bring these two communities together and continue to innovate and roll out combined products and offerings to our community. So the vice president at Greenwood is also the founder of the Gathering Spot. Okay. Just putting all the pieces together. That's my job. Uh, let's see. So, okay. That vice president person. Oh, I don't see. What was the vice president's name? We just read his name. Oh, TK Peterson. Okay. Well, I don't know who that is. Uh, shout out to TK Peterson and the gathering spot. But I think that's a really great acquisition. Right? I mean, from the face of it. Um, it's always cool to see ecosystems and networks being uh, built and acquired. And that actually brings about I'll be honest with you, for those who don't know, a lot of the people that I end up communicating with and talking to are ecosystem builders and network builders. And so these people have built, appears to be a really great national brand and maybe international, I don't know, but I've seen a lot of their stuff on a national level. I've, I've seen advertisements where they're asking me to join the gathering spot. I haven't joined. It's nothing personal. I just don't know. I don't just join stuff. So if the gathering spot would love to come on and have a conversation and, um, you know, figure out where there would be room for someone like me, maybe. But my gut tells me that probably is not the direction that this is heading in. This isn't a situation where Derek Moultrie and the gathering spot and Greenwood are all going to be linking up together. I just don't I just don't foresee it uh, just because of frequency. Uh, but that doesn't mean that what they're doing isn't great and wonderful and meaningful and transformative. Um, and I think there's a lot that can be learned from this. And especially as you're building a online banking community, it's important to have online uh, community of people, movers and shakers across the country that you can do that with. So it makes perfect sense for where they're trying to go. It makes perfect sense. And I think the model could be something that other people follow, maybe on a smaller scale or in a different uh, industry. There's a lot to be learned from this. And it's just so interesting that one tweet led us to this tweet, isn't it? One tweet about Honeypot, where as that happened, they said, well, look at what Greenwood is doing. And so Greenwood could be that type of company where, you know, hey, there's really great opportunity here. Let's buy Honeypot. They could be. I don't know what their financial situation is. I'm not trying to get into all that. I'm just saying, if you create, if you create yourself as a as a entity that can take care of these black-owned companies, we don't always have to go run and go sell to somebody else outside of our community, we can keep it within ourselves. And so that's what this shows. So for that, I applaud it. I respect it. I respect everything that's involved in it. As long as everything is on the up and up, great. I will say I already found one discrepancy. One tweet was talking about Latinos and I see nothing about Latinos here. I'm just saying. There was just one discrepancy. It could be just a small thing. It may not mean anything. Just saying.
This could be helpful. Now, it does say here, the combined efforts of Greenwood and the gathering spot will expand the collective power of minorities to impact the wealth gap. So let's take that. <laughs> now, you know, you know how important this is because our platform is about studying wealth equity. And so here we are. The platform is about studying wealth equity. It was never about being famous and getting your name out there. Like a lot of people have been misusing their influence. And you can't do that here. You just can't do that here. Because you get called out on it. I have to call myself out on it. You get called out too. The combined efforts of Greenwood and the gathering spot will expand the collective power of minorities to impact wealth gap. So I'm going to call, now this is really cool. This is really cool game show on Netflix called Bullshit. And it's uh, the same dude that did uh, Deal or No Deal. He's now the the uh, host of this cool show called Bullshit. And so basically, you have to answer like 10 questions. And each question that you get, they're pretty difficult to really answer. Um, so you get like four choices. You choose one. And there's three people in front of you. And they're all trying to decide if you really know the answer. And you're explaining it. And then they'll decide if you're bullshitting them or not. Of course, it's a lot deeper than that, but you can win up to like a million dollars on the game show, right? And it just came out maybe last week. So it's, it's relevant to what we're talking about. So I am going to say bullshit. The combined efforts of Greenwood and the gathering spot will expand the collective power of minorities and impact the wealth gap. I call bullshit. Here's why I call bullshit. I call bullshit because we're not minorities. We are uh, the global majority. We have to change our mindset. So I'm calling bullshit. And the collective power of minorities to impact the wealth gap. Well, impact in what way? I mean, people know that on Twitter and and social media, my name is DJ M Impact. My initials, Impact. And it's about impact investing, sustainability. A lot of times I'm just really uh, studying ideas and posting ideas and, and, and thinking things through. And I'm not really using my platform like everybody else is using their platform. And I'm proud of it too. Because a lot of the shit that gets through out here is it's, it's rough. It's rough to digest a lot of the social media shit, man. When they talk about minorities impacting the wealth gap, I mean, that's so vague. It's vague. That doesn't mean they're not going to do something, but the gathering spot will expand the collective power of minorities, which I told you is bullshit, the word minority, to impact the wealth gap. It's just not enough, but it sounds great. I mean, a copywriter probably put that together and they all decided that that's what we're going to say. And it's in quotation. So maybe what someone specifically is saying, is there a name on that? From the Greenwood founders. This is from the Greenwood founders. 
says Paul Judge. It is important to Milestone to have two Black-owned companies on both sides of the M&A transaction. It brings a new meaning to the term Black-on-Black. Now, for those who know, I work in the M&A space, right? And so I'm, I get where they're going with this. And it, it is worth a conversation. And I invite Paul Judge to come on. I invite Greenwood to come on. Michael Render can come on. Uh, Killer Mike can't. Michael Render can come on. Um, we'll expand the collective power of minorities to impact the wealth gap. I'm just, uh, I'm calling bullshit. Will they impact the wealth gap? Maybe. I think there's only one. Okay. The best way, the best way to impact the wealth gap, one of the best ways is if they teach others how to do this. If you can teach others how to acquire, by the way, we have an episode. There's a famous saying, the poor teach their children how to buy, the rich teach their children how to sell, and the wealthy teach their children how to acquire. And unless Greenwood is going to teach people how to acquire, that's where the real impact is. If you're not teaching people how to acquire, it's limited impact. It impacts them, impacts their company, and it may allow impact on other M&A transactions that they personally do. But like that other tweet was saying, we need the investment firms, the management companies. and, And then I said, hey, you know, take this idea that there's never enough. Because see, what other people are doing is they'll hoard that information and they'll say, I'm the only one that can do this. You can't do this. I'm the best. That's the way like a lot of these people operate out here. It's like, well, why not just share this so everybody can do it? Like they'll, they'll say that they need diversity in a certain industry and then they hoard the information so only they can do it. Not saying that Greenwood is doing that. I'm just saying that's the common theme. And so what I'm saying is, if if Greenwood really wants to do that, then they need to teach other people how to acquire through their through their financial institution, build a financial institution that can um, stand up against the test of time, and then go acquire other ones and create a new marketplace. Is that simple? And they know that. So maybe they have plans to do that. Maybe by being part of the gathering spot, they'll gather people together and teach them how to acquire. And we would love to document it on how to acquire a podcast or here on Black Equity Podcast. But I think that's the real way that you expand that. All right, let's get into some um, not so great news. So over the weekend, there was this uh, Buffalo shooter situation, right? How does that impact the wealth gap? Uh, Let's look at this. The shooter in Buffalo literally had the word, uh, the N-word written on his AR-15, and white media outlets were refusing to call this an anti-Black hate crime. 
So apparently this uh this guy, the, the Buffalo shooter isn't a lone wolf. He's a mainstream Republican. Rollingstones.com. There's no such thing as a lone wolf. There are only those people who fed a steady diet of violent propaganda and st- stochastic uh, terror take rhetoric to its logical conclusion. The shooter at the grocery store in Buffalo's Black community wrote that he was motivated by the idea that white people are being replaced. It must be said that his white supremacist idea has been promoted by Tucker Carlson and others as being mainstreamed by the right. See, I do not want to get too political or anything like that, but the game is political. Oh, here's another one. The Buffalo shooter wrote in his manifesto that he was inspired by the New Zealand white supremacist who murdered 51 people in 2019. And guess who the New Zealand shooter wrote about in their manifesto? The neo-Nazi Azaz Balaton in Ukraine, who the U.S. government is funding. The Buffalo shooter was investigated last year for threatening to shoot up his classmates. He was able to purchase three guns since then. What the fuck? The only way we get gun safety reform is to elect a decisive blue majority in 20. I'll read a couple more, but I can already feel the Holy Spirit. (laughs) The Holy Spirit has been circling around on this episode, y'all. The only question reporters should be asking Elise Stanifek is why she's claiming to be very saddened about the shooting in Buffalo when she paid for Facebook ads promoting the exact conspiracy theory the shooter expounds. Mm. Illuminated, illuminated Niji. I think it's really interesting that the Buffalo shooter mentioned his affinity for East Asians, specifically in his manifesto. Given the context of how old he is and how active he was online, it makes me wonder how much anime subcultures played a role in his ideology. Mm, that's a good tweet. Do not dare take away from the bloody horror that left 10 dead in Buffalo. Do not dare write off the shooter as someone uniquely troubled. Those black victims were murdered by uh, white supremacy. WashingtonPost.com, by the way, on that one. The Atlantic. The Buffalo shooter acted alone, but wasn't a lone wolf. He will be supported by a, by an uh, apparatus that provided an ideology and means for the hunt. Mm. This is some really good tweet, y'all. I might have to start doing this every week. You really get a sense of where we are. Before they start calling the Buffalo shooter mentally ill, racism is not mental illness. Someone could dispute that. Buffalo police response to a racial justice protester and a Nazi mass shooter. Yeah, so there's a lot of people arguing that, yo, like, why did he... Um, why did this shooter get captured unarmed unharmed make sure i say that clearly he wasn't hurt in the uh pursuit of arresting him shall i say and there's been other incidents where less has been done and people have been killed hurt whatever it may be injured right and so that is part of the conversation too Oh, here we go. Here we go. Somebody else coming up later in the show. Elon Musk. 
Uh, okay. Here's a tweet. Andrew Weatherman. He's a DNC member from Wisconsin. Elon Musk just went totally silent about his free speech nonsense after seeing the anti-black racism manifesto of the Buffalo white supremacist shooter. Words matter in public forums should never be amplifying hate. Now that is what's currently trending, uh, trending right now is the anti-black racism tweet. So if anybody ever wanted to uh, say that, you know, Twitter doesn't ever talk about anti-racism, well, here it is. Now, the celebrities are jumping on. Kerry Washington says, sending my prayers to the city of Buffalo, to all the families that were affected by this travesty, and to the Black people whose safety now feels threatened. I am so sorry. Take action. Stop. Black anti, I'm sorry, anti-Black racism. And that was 15 hours ago. Yeah, so people are going to get on this now. And, you know, of course, they're going to talk about uh, all the people that have been uh, murdered. Uh, due to similar fashion. Um, and so I wanted to talk on it real real briefly. It happened over the weekend. We're going to publish this episode immediately after I'm, I'm, we're finished. Um, so let's look at this. Whew. I don't know If anyone else can see this, and one thing I'm never going to do is force you to see it. All I can do is tell you what I see. I don't want you to think like me. I just want y'all to think. If you if you leave these episodes saying that guy don't know what he's talking about, he's he's crazy. Like. That Derek guy, DJ, whoever the fuck his name is, I don't like him. And he don't know shit. Perfect. I don't want to know everything. I just want to explore and figure out for myself what I feel. We went through two stories. I have a pretty good, I feel really good about those other two stories about what I can walk away with. I feel like on the honeypot situation, you can walk away with a real solution. We should be able to be in position to acquire Honeypot. So then what do I need to do? And so what I do is, okay, well, maybe there's something I can form or something I can shape. And I walk away from that saying, well, I might you know, do this, this, and this, right? And you can t- do whatever you want to do. If you'd like to work with me, you can reach out. If not, go do it by yourself. People will go do stuff by themselves all the time and leave me out. It is what it is. Just don't come back to me. Don't take my ideas and then come back when, because I'm not involved, it ain't working the way you want it to work. Got a choice, work with me or not at all, but it ain't no coming back. Then the second story where we led into the Greenwood acquisition of the gathering spot brings up a really great segue um, into the first conversation about being in position to acquire, right? And then now it leads us into this conversation because Greenwood is saying that they're going to uh, make an impact on the uh, wealth gap. Okay. And that leads us into a story about uh, anti-black racism. And I mean, if we're going to talk about the racial wealth gap, 
then guess what a big part of that conversation is? Race. Now, over the weekend, I heard people saying that it wasn't that people that he went into a black uh, area. Supposedly, he went into a poor black area. That's what I kept hearing. I didn't, I'm not sure if everybody else caught that. But over the weekend, it wasn't that he went into a black neighborhood. He went into a poor black neighborhood. And this is where I step in. And I quote my favorite show on Netflix, at least for last week. I am here to call bullshit. So here's what I'm going to say. Why am I calling bullshit? I am calling bullshit on all of us, by the way. Because I don't think... I don't think that the did he purposely go into a poor black neighborhood or would he have killed black people? Does it matter how much money you have? Does the because <laughs> I noticed that I noticed what people was doing. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get into this now. I noticed what people was doing over the weekend, you know. There was positioning it as a poor black neighborhood, as if a rich black neighborhood would be okay. And I am here to tell you, your money ain't gonna save you, my my dog. So over the weekend, now most people they're starting their podcast off right now with what I'm about to say, but however far we're in on this, you know, we're probably an hour or so in. But the Kendrick Lamar album dropped. And, you know, like for hip hop podcasts and everywhere else, they're starting with that topic as they should. I mean, it's their bread and butter. I wouldn't start with that topic because that's not the main point of my my point. But it is key here. Kendrick Lamar drops an album on Friday. And what Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. There's a then over the weekend, he puts out a video for what he, I guess, is the single N95, I believe it is. People have uh, alerted me that N95 is the same like code for the mask that we're wearing over the pandemic. Like uh, the certified masks were all N95s, right? I think I got a mask over here. I don't know if it has N95 in it, but the masks that we're supposed to be wearing supposedly are N95 type masks, right? The ones that, I don't think that's one, but you know, those thicker white, you know, I guess they don't have to be white, but those thicker masks, those were like N95 masks. And so (laughs) Kendrick Lamar is on the song. He basically starts off the song like, yo, take all that off, right? Take off your ego, take off your jewelry, take off your 
fancy watches, take off your designer clothes, take it all off, take it all off, right? People don't, <laughs> people don't rob people because they have nothing. Right? There's this, there was security and people tweeting that it's a poor black neighborhood. It's a poor black neighborhood. Now, I don't know the neighborhood. It may be. Don't know. But it don't matter what neighborhood you're in, my guy. It don't, it doesn't matter what neighborhood you're in. If it's a poor black neighborhood, a rich black neighborhood, whoever you may be. Anything can happen on any given day. And your money is not going to be able to protect you. There's some things that your money can't buy you. Right? I've seen these conversations floating around here talking about people are running around saying that they can buy their freedom. You know, I had an opportunity in the past. I had money in front of me and I had freedom in front of me. And I I found it to be very ironic because a lot of people will say money buys you freedom, but I had money in front of me and I had freedom in front of me and I chose freedom. And freedom cost me zero dollars. Greenwood says that they're going to impact the racial wealth gap or the wealth gap. They didn't put the word racial in it, but it is a racial wealth gap. And I called bullshit on it. Not because they won't do anything, just because I feel like it's vague. And if you're going to talk about the wealth gap and you haven't come on Black Equity Podcast, and I know some of the members floating. I, I get it. We're not black enterprise. I get it. We're not the griot, the root. We're not even uh, what's your boy name? Roland Martin. We're not a big platform, but you know what we are. We are focused on the wealth gap. So there's no possible way you could be focused on the wealth gap and dodge us. Right. I'll say this. I I send condolences to the families involved in the the Buffalo shooting. Everybody involved, send our condolences, and um, wait for all the details to come out. But it it does bother me when we talk about a poor black neighborhood like that. Cause I know I know what's going on here. We put poor in front of it. So then we can say, oh, that's what happens in those poor black neighborhoods. And oh, by the way, there's this famous quote. They say don't invest in the area until there's blood in the streets. 
Sometimes blood shows up in streets for reasons. So if you are paying attention to what's really going on, there is an opportunity here to do something. I've seen uh, people running on Twitter saying that they got a solution for this. We can invest in this and do that. I'm not going to put it all out. But I will say this, don't put all your plans on Twitter. But I get why people do that, because if they got 20-something thousand followers, people are, you know, hanging on every word, it can, you can get carried away with trying to put all your information on there and let people jump on there and um, follow you to where you're, you're taking them. Just be careful putting all your information out, especially when it has something to do with this. Because all they're doing, just like I sat here and went through Twitter, somebody else is sitting through Twitter and, and reading everything and figuring out how they want to maneuver by your moves. That's what I would do. I would just go through all over Twitter, see what everybody else is doing, and then I would make my move of whatever that is that I would do, which is what I'm going to do. What you be seeing on these episodes and what you will be seeing is me analyzing information and then making my move. There's some moves that could be made. Will some have argued that this feels very political? I don't know if Biden has spoken on this yet. That's one of the notes I have here is, you know, should Biden speak on this? Is it, does it warrant it? I I mean, I think so. I think there needs to be a conversation. But you got to remember Kamala Harris says she's not going to do anything that only uh, helps Black people. That's what Kamala said. I, I didn't. That's what she said. Maybe she's changed. But she's not going to do anything that only helps black people. And that's something we got to pay attention to. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this part up. Hopefully you're catching what I'm throwing at you here. If we are going to close the racial wealth gap, we can't see each other as rich or poor. Woo. Let that breathe. You know, there are some people that I met on my journey. And uh, supposedly they have money. Supposedly. Some of the poorest people I know got money. And some of the wealthiest people I know don't have any money at all. So when you start talking about poor black neighborhoods, What does that mean? What is a poor black neighborhood? What are we defining that as? Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about as well is there was this great, great, great video. See if we can pull this up. There was this great video by TD Hip Hop. Shout out to TD Hip Hop. 
Uh, I love to have them on, man. They they do great work. And I was talking about Our Black Party. Now, those who remember, I think it was season three, we had Our Black Party on. And actually, at the time that I did the the interview, I didn't realize that it was actually funded by Diddy. I didn't know. I just thought it was a really cool thing. And then I looked later, and Diddy was the person in charge. But there was this really great video uh, by TD Hip Hop on YouTube, and it was talking about um, how our Black Party was just a political front for Diddy, and that there hasn't been any real movement since. And so let's see if the video is still up. Sometimes it moves over. See, here it is. Diddy abandoned. Diddy abandoned his fake political organization, our Black Party, after selling out Black America. It's a bold statement, but the video is pretty solid. The video is pretty solid. Um, 11,000 views. They, they do really great work. Uh, and they always say that they are trying to get famous on social media or YouTube. They're trying to build something off of the platform, right? But yeah, if you get a chance, go through this video. I've turned the sound off. So, um, you can, so first of all, so you can hear me. <laughs> and then also I want uh, everybody else to kind of go check it out. But I'll play maybe 15 seconds. Hopefully TD Hip Hop understands where I'm coming from. Let's just play a little bit here. Like new year, new changes. And the time is now. And it's also filled with a bunch of random quotes from people like Chadwick Boseman and Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It is more than safe to say that Diddy's Our Black Party was a con game the entire time. All right. So check it out. It's a really great article. And we're going to talk about that real quick. So we did have them on the platform. Um, and the... Let me see if we can pull up our Black Party and see who's all and still in charge and all the great stuff. You know, we did an interview with with uh, the founders of our Black Party. Oh, here we go. Look at their endorsements, endorsed candidates, Gary Chambers, Honorable Stephanie Morales. Tashara Jones, Nina Turner. Okay. But um, let's see if we can find who the founders are. Oh, here we go. Leadership. Honorable Candace Hollingsworth. She came on the program. I found her to be a really great uh, person to speak with. She was the mayor of Hyattsville, Maryland. And I have nothing... To, negative to say about anyone. Uh, Dr. West, West Bellamy came on. Uh, I'll be honest with you, man. I felt like Dr. West Bellamy didn't really respect our platform. And we're gonna on this season. We're just gonna air everything out because for a lot, a lot of times I've been sitting back, being very silent about stuff, and just letting the universe do what it do, right? I felt like Dr. Wells Bellamy didn't really respect me or what we were doing. 
and I li- I had just actually watched um, him on the Breakfast Club and a totally different person. And then when he came on our platform, he was talking to us like we wasn't shit. Just being honest. It was almost like uh, <laughs> it was almost like that Charlemagne uh, fraternity of, of friends. They get like really cocky. And like, as soon as you go on a breakfast club, like people lose their shits and forget who they are. And then as soon as I talk to them, I usually talk to people right after they go on a breakfast club or right before they go on a breakfast club. It's crazy. And to see the shift, and I can always tell the type of frequency a platform has. If after I talk to someone right after they've been on the platform and their whole mood changes and they think they've, they've arrived. All I will say is, hey, Dr. West Bellamy, if you'd like to come on, you can. But, like, respect every platform, man. I got nothing bad to say about Candace. She was really respectful to me. I don't know what she said behind, you know, behind my back or anything. But to my face, she was really respectful. I, I really, really was engaged. I thought it was one of the better conversations that I've had in a long time, at least at, at the time I was. Uh, I did not meet Honorable Stephanie Morales. Um, oh, she's a steering committee, Commonwealth attorney, VA. Oh, here we go. More people. Leah Webb. So they must have added some people since the last time. Rashad Lambert. Oh, this guy seems familiar. Founder of Forbes Culture. He reminds me of this dude from uh, from my hometown, actually. Or from where I'm at. I had to look him up. I, I, oh, here we go. Helen from Westfield. Oh, that's probably somebody else then. He, remind, he reminded me of, a, of a, a person in North Carolina, but that's not the same person. But, yo, shout out to everybody here. But I would just say this is not really about them. This is about Diddy, because this was actually something Diddy was putting together. So here's what I'll say. I would love to invite our Black Party back on if they're you know checking this out on Spotify or any other platform. I would love to uh, speak with our Black Party if this is still something that we're moving with. Uh, I won't hold it against you that you're funded by Diddy. Everybody that knows me knows that I'm not the biggest fan of Diddy. I think he, you know, on the music side, I just think he did a lot of people wrong, man. I think he did a lot of people wrong. And where there's smoke, there's fire. So, you know, our Black Party has a clear and resounding message to the U.S. political establishment. Our votes must be earned. So we'll see. We'll see what transpires. But I would I wouldn't feel right if TD Hip Hop was talking about this. I've had a conversation with them and I didn't say anything. Our Black Party seemed to be a really great idea, and it seems like there could be some really great stuff done with it. And I like to see, especially as we're about to gear up again for all these political conversations. And with Biden in office, now is the perfect time. When I spoke with them, it was right before Biden was elected. I There's no way I could have even imagined that Black people would overwhelmingly vote for Biden. After what he did with the, with the crime bill, I just didn't think. But what do I know? Right? I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just some guy. Right. I'm an, I'm an, I'm a nobody. Right. You know, no bells, no whistles. Just trying to figure this game out. Um, but there's some there, there could be a really great opportunity 
to work with our Black Party um, and hold hold them accountable, just like they want to hold other people accountable. I, I can really see us doing really great work, but it begins with respect. Begins with respect. And I didn't feel that from Dr. Wes Bellamy. I heard him on Clubhouse a few times as well, um, talking and say, he seems like he wants to protect his political connections and his friendships. And that's just not going to cut it with what we're trying to accomplish as a people. So you can't, you can't play both sides. I mean, I guess you could, but we're going to, someone like me is going to call it out. So I'm calling it out. All right. And then we'll get to this last part here and hopefully we'll be uh, all clear. I want to make sure our minds and hearts are clear uh, going into the rest of the week. We've got to start the week off strong, man. Got to start the week off strong. So I'll say this. Oh, so my tweets. Uh, yeah. And if you're not following me on Twitter, you can follow me, DJM Impact. Uh, like I said, I only follow 500 people, I have less than 2,000 followers. I am not trying to get famous on Twitter. I am simply just putting out my thoughts. Uh, so I wanted to talk about a couple of the thoughts that have come into my head. So uh, all bells and whistles, all the bells and whistles and information is still not accurate. I keep finding that. I keep finding out. I keep finding all these bells and whistles that people have, all the bright lights and everything is just so, it just blows your mind. And then when you actually talk to people, you can't get any information. So what inspired that tweet? Ooh, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. So Angela Yee from The Breakfast Club I get to tell my truth. <laughs> Angela Lee uh, teamed up with uh, Acorn, right? Radio host, here it is. Oh, this is from April. This has been in the works for quite some time. Radio host Angela Lee gets real about money. Let's have open and honest conversations. And I saw a trailer go out. And it's probably not going to be on this particular one. But shout out to Angela Lee uh, working with Acorn as a partner. I'm sure that pays really well i'm not trying to get i don't care about the pockets but i'm just saying that's a really great collaboration acorn is you know financial uh company Uh, i don't think they're black owned or anything but you know hey uh angeli wants to get the financial get you financially straight with your youtube with our youtube series to come up wasn't there another rashad grove uh the come up that was wasn't there another group of people called to come up? I mean, I guess it's not. The video is unavailable. The video is private. Whoa, isn't that something? Why would that video? This is on Ebony. In partnership with investment app Acorns, the series aims to normalize money conversations and open access to financial knowledge. In this debut season, Yee sits down with exclusive interviews with some of our favorite entertainers, including Remy Ma, Nick Cannon, to talk about their journey to financial success. I'm going to talk about something else Kendrick Lamar put on, on that uh, album. He specifically said, matter of fact, it should be one of my tweets. I tweeted it the other day. Um, oh, 
I'm just looking for it. Here we go. They keep, man, we got to go through some of these tweets, yo. I just, so these ideas come to my mind and they're all rooted in stuff. <laughs> all right. So there's this tweet with this video with this dude. This is funny, yo. This is hilarious. Has 1.2 million views. The dude, <laughs> the dude. Let me, let's play this. Let's play this. Can we play this? Oh my goodness. Let's. Let's start this over. <laughs> okay. So let me tell you what I see here, man. So there's this video the dude's trying to steal a package off the uh off the front porch of somebody else's house. And this is what transpires. uh, I I tweeted this video out. I said, this is what happens to the next person you try to steal your ideas. There are a lot of people stealing ideas out here. So let's pull that up, man. The the Angelie, the come up series, man. And shout out to Angelie. Actually, she's really grown on me. She's really grown on me. Not to say that what I think matters. Yeah, there's a, uh, I don't, there's a really great group of people called the come up series. It's just, there's a lot of conflict of interest. Oh my goodness, there's so much conflict of interest in this game. Like, at this point, man, a lot of these episodes could be 10 hours long. It just never ends. Angela Yee is coming up with a thing called The Come Up with Angela Yee. And there's a group of, uh, a group called The Come Up Series about finances. And I'm sure there's been other come-ups. I haven't had a chance to talk to the come-up series, but if the come-up series wants to come on, we'll talk. But they had an issue. I can't put it all out. A lot of stuff. See, I get to see a lot of stuff that's happening behind the scenes. I work behind the scenes, yo. I see the stuff before the bells and whistles get thrown on it. Okay, And what I'm finding is the Come Up series has been doing this for quite some time. They were actually featured on, uh, not featured, but they were going toe-to-toe with the likes of companies and organizations like Earn Your Leisure. And didn't Angela Yee, didn't Angela Yee just sit down with the Earn Your Leisure boys? Uh, what's what's the name of the assets and and liabilities or something? She was on a uh, revolt. Hey, here it is, Angela Yee on how to start a business from the ground up one week ago. Her her time with Wu Tang Clan, the biggest bio that you had to write. 
how many contracts have you? Real estate. I remember she was talking about investing in Detroit. Uh, I saw a clip. Uh, shout out to Revolt and the uh, assets of reliability. Some boys over there at the Earn Leisure people. I'm not their biggest fan. I mean, I let's let's discuss it just real quick. I just fundamentally disagree that black people should be told to earn their leisure. That's all I'm saying. I just don't, that's, that's it's, to me, it's that simple. And then once you, once you find that premise and then you build on top of it, basically everything else falls. There, you can't build on quicksand. So they're building on quicksand. So everything that is on top of it is going to fall. And here's another one. Supposedly, the Come Up series and Earn Your Leisure had an issue in the past. Maybe they've fixed it. I don't know. I don't care. But they did have an issue in the past. So the fact that Angela Yee is on the Earn Your Leisure Boys uh, assets and liabilities, and she has a thing with Acorn called the Come Up, and and Come Up had an issue with Earn Your, and and then Earn Your Leisure was on the Breakfast Club. And and Angela Yee is on the Breakfast Club, but the Come Up hasn't been on the Breakfast Club. But the Come Up was giving out free game of information, and Earn Your Leisure was overcharging people and putting a black tax on people. And I mean, there's just I, <laughs> if you could just see my face right now, it's a it's a it's a what we call in the game it's a clusterfuck. But shout out to Angela Yee. Shout out to Angela Lee and, and uh, Acorn. I think it's cool. But as I, as the story unfolded, as the story unfolds, it's like, hey, something's built on quicksand here. But, oh, so people were asking me, well, what is this? All the bells and whistles information is still, ac- still not accurate. So there was a clip that went out. Let me see if I can find. It might have been on, like, Instagram or something. Let me see if I can find the come up. With Angela Yee trailer. Angela Yee, let's see. Maybe there's a trailer on, because a lot of people just throw their stuff on. Angela Yee shows Brooklyn block she grew up on. Oh, that's seven years ago. Angela Yee, that's, okay, that's the assets and liabilities thing. I don't see the new, okay, I don't see the new one. The come up, Angela, oh, let me put Angela Yee and Acorn. Maybe. Maybe it's just not on here yet. Maybe it's just on like Instagram or something. Oh, here we go. Six days ago, Money Power Angela remember on investing in the next generation. There was a trailer that she had going on. Oh goodness. <laughs> what you know what? I'm not y'all not gonna get me in the middle of all this bullshit. Y'all not, I'm staying out of it. But what I will say is this. She she has a show uh, by Acorns. Shout out to Angela E. Acorns. Get your money, get your bread. Uh, it's called The Come Up, but there was already The Come Up series. So, but there's always been come ups. So, it, it, Whatever. 
But there was information on one of the uh, trailers. And I don't see it here. Maybe Angelique has her own YouTube and it's there. I don't know. But it said that you, a lot of people, and it might have been Remy Ma who said it. I can't remember. It was somebody, one of her guests said, you can't make money unless you bring money to the table or people want to make moves and ain't bringing nothing to the table type of thing. And I just don't think that's, that's not, it's not accurate. And so, and I'm not going to get into how it's not accurate. I'll just say this. You can be at the table and matter of fact, it's one of the, like everybody reads the think and grow rich. Let's just do this. Let's do this. And then we'll we'll get this information out to the people. And we'll publish it and let people know. So Think and Grow Rich talks about how specialized knowledge. This is going to blow your mind. This is going to blow if you if you don't know where I'm headed here, this is going to blow your mind. If you already know what I'm about to say, then it won't blow your mind. Specialized knowledge. Specialized knowledge, personal experiences, or observations. There are two kinds of knowledge. One is general and the other is specialized. General knowledge, no matter how great in quantity or variety it may be, is of but little use in the accumulation of money. Boom. The faculties of the great universities possess in the aggregate practically every form of general knowledge known to civilization. Most of the professors have but little to no money. They specialize on teaching knowledge, but they do not specialize on the organization or the use of knowledge. Knowledge will not attract money unless it is organized and intelligently directed through practical plans of action to the definite end of accumulation of money. Lack of understanding of this fact has been the source of confusion to millions of people who falsely believe that knowledge is power. It is nothing of the sort. Knowledge is only potential power. It becomes power only when and if it is organized into definite plans of action and directed into a definite end. The missing link in all systems of education known to civilization today may be found in the failure of educational institutions to teach their students how to organize the use of knowledge after they acquire it. Many people make the mistake of assuming that because Henry Ford had but little schooling, he is not a man of education. Okay, so I don't want to go into too much. There's a lot there. But there, uh, one thing that they talk about in this chapter is specialized knowledge doesn't have to be something that you have it can also be something that someone else has that you're able to garner let me see if i can find that quote because a lot of people don't talk about they everybody thinks that you have to have the specialized knowledge no you don't if you bring a group of people together to have the specialized knowledge you can get things done And guess what that brings you to? It brings you to a table where you you may not even have the money, but you know how to bring people together and you have the definite plan and and definite action uh, to get things done. And so there was just just some stuff on the trailer. I'm sure the conversations are great. I'm sure Remy Ma is great. Love Remy Ma, love uh, Papoose. I just heard him on uh, the Juan uh, uh, podcast. so I have no issues with anyone. I don't never have any issues with anyone, man. I'm just pointing out what I see. And I had to realize that that what I see is what I see. And you don't have to see that, but I'm allowed to see what I see. 
Uh, so next thing I, I tweeted, they said, don't look to your left or right when you're racing or you'll get passed. But wait, who's racing? I am not in competition with y'all. There was this weird thing. Did y'all see that thing on, on Instagram? There was this weird thing where Gary V is running around. Oh my goodness. It was just so disgusting. <laughs> Gary V's running around on his Instagram saying, I don't see my competitors. I don't even know their names. I don't know their names. Who are these people? Right? Let's pull it up. <laughs> we gotta get it. I love, man. I love this. We're gonna have to start doing it. We gotta do this weekly. Like, oh, here we go. Where is that? Where is that video at? Because black people were taking it and making their own videos and standing in front of uh, building skylines to tell us how they don't know who their competitors are. It was just so horrible. Oh, boy. Oh, you can't hear it. Boy, where is that video? It was so bad, y'all. Oh, I don't see it. There is this video. And black people took this video and took the sound out of it and started standing in front of skylines and holding their hands up saying, I don't know who my competitors are. Uh, (laughs) I, I was tripping, yo. I said, wait, that's the game now? Gary V said he doesn't know who his competitors' names are, and I'm just here to 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 focus on me and nothing else. And and you ran with that. Oh my gosh, Whew. the game is wild, Joe. Gary V does one thing, and black people go run and 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 follow Gary V. And Gary V's cool. He's a cool guy. I mean, I don't I don't know him. He I. I'll speak with Gary V, but I'm not going to do everything Gary V says. Early investment Coinbase Venmo Twitter. Go. I know he wants to own the Jets one day and do great stuff, and I'm sure he means well. Um, how do I get more followers? I don't want followers. I want leaders. I hope that's his answer here. I hope that's his answer. Let's see. Question for you. Here I am on set in Good answer. Yep. That's a great answer. I, I get, you know, when he's right, he's right. And when he's wrong, he's wrong. Um, I just found it funny. 
I found it hilarious that people were tweeting Gary V and saying they don't know who their competitors are and wearing t-shirts with brands on them that I don't even know what they own. The game was wild, Joe. The game was wild. All right. Uh, but yeah, who's racing? They talking about competitors. What competitors? See, they don't know their competitor's name, and I don't know what competitors, because nobody can do what I do, and I can't do what they do. Uh, everyone, this is more of the tweets. We're going. Like, maybe we'll have this as a the end of the episode segments. Some of my weekly tweets that have come out of my brain and where they stem from, so you can get some inside knowledge here, right? Uh, everyone wants to talk about solutions without proper diagnosis of the problem. I mean, that's self-explanatory. This whole episode has been us diagnosing what the problems are. And if you haven't heard some of the solutions, then I guess you're not listening. Because I'm giving you the game. And what you do it is up to you. All right. I lost a lot of respect for people that I have the utmost respect for. Okay. I'll just put it out there simple. Simple, 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 simple. A lot of the people out here I really had a lot of respect for in this game. But then I realized that they valued money over people. And that's it. And I moved on. I unfollowed people and moved on. It's nothing personal. I just don't want that vibration. Next, waiting to respond is so much more, power, more so much more peaceful. That's true. I think a lot of people feel like they have to make a decision. They have to go do something. They got if you just wait. It all depends on your DNA makeup and what you're into. We talked about that on the last episode with uh, Daisha, And I was talking about how once I learned the way to respond, it changed everything. And so that's what I do now. And so there's actually some things that we discovered in this episode that now that I've waited to respond, I know exactly how I want to move. Uh, please stop putting all your plans on Twitter and hope someone else want, uh, someone else wants to join your plan. Just move accordingly. Yeah, there's too many people running on here saying what they're going to do. Just do it. Uh, some people will offer to pray for you, not knowing they are the answer to your prayers. Mm. So there's going to be situations where you can literally help someone. And those people will pat you on the shoulder and say, I'll pray for you. When they were sent there to do the thing, but they, they, they duck it. And so I'm saying, don't duck it no more. There's an opportunity for you to be the answer to their prayer. That's how you get equity in situations. That's why the whole acorn thing and, and Angela Yee, it's like when people are running around saying that you need money in order to do stuff, well, maybe. Depends on what you're doing. Depends on the game you're playing. Sleep isn't the issue the, the love of sleep is. Money isn't the issue the love of money is. So there's, there was this real weird uh, social media thing. Let me see if I can find it. Man, every time I have to find something, it means I have to actually call out like companies and stuff. Look, y'all, I just want y'all to know I'm not calling these people out because I have a personal issue with anyone. But this website, I mean, this uh, company, this, this page, Black Millionaires, CEO James Hill had a, a video yesterday. 
I don't know if it's still there. That might have been it. Let me see. Yeah, this this gentleman here. And shout out to James, I think his name is. He had a video last night where he said, how do you say it? Broke, only broke people sleep. How did he say it? Let me see if it's, it was just, rapper says broke people shouldn't be thinking about love or kids. Y'all both going to be stressed out. Man, it was something he said, and I don't know if it made it. I don't know. He had a live yesterday, and maybe he didn't save it. But he was just saying that only broke people sleep. Something like that. And if I, James, if I'm misquoting you, I apologize. You're welcome to come on the show. He has 63,000 followers. Let me tell you, man, you know, our page on Black Equity Network has like 22, 23,000 followers. And this is solid. It, it's a, you know, it's a solid you know following, but, you know, I, I didn't get into the game that, you know, had the most followers or anything like that. Um, and I don't have anything bad about James. He, you know, he's branding and marketing expert, branding and marketing mentorship. Um, he's built a really great page that has 726,000 followers. He's only following 325 people. Shot out to Black millionaires if they want to come on the podcast. Let's talk. And the main thing I would, the first, one of the first questions I would ask him is, who told you that by sleeping you'll be broke? Like, what, what is the sleep thing? There's this other dude, this weird dude. I think he's been running around copying us, man. Remember that video I put out about the next people who steal your ideas, what's going to happen with the, the box blowing up? <laughs> Remember that, right? Earlier in the episode? Watch this. What's that, what's that dude's name? It's Sleep. What's it? There it is. This is the dude right here. <laughs> this dude, right? And shout out to, you know, er, you know, in the picture, I don't know who these people are. I don't have nothing personal against anybody. But he's saying... This David Shans dude is saying sleep is for suckers. That's what he's saying. He's, and this is the same people that are doing a black equity con. I saw that like a couple months ago. And I said, that's weird. That's really weird. That they would be doing a black equity con June 9th and 10th. They never reached out to us. But, you know, sleep is for suckers, right? But then, like, when you actually type in what what I found in my studies is sleep isn't the issue. The love of sleep is. Money isn't the issue. The love of money is, right? And if you look at, like, scriptures on in Proverbs, sleep is essential, so this dude and the other dude and all these people and they're all telling you that not to sleep. And so we're going to end it. We're going to end the episode on scriptures on sleep. I was looking at this the other night. I said, why are like, what am I missing? 
why are people telling us not to sleep? Like, and, and then I found out. Let's see if we can find this. Because it's just, it's sad, actually. It's really sad. It, it, it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, you will, your sleep will be sweet. I lay that I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. Be still and know that I am your God. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Whoever dwells in the in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. I will both lay me, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for you, thou Lord. Only makest me dwell in safety. Uh, number eight, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in my heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares. For... Look, man, you know, I, I'm a very spiritual person. And so I know my stuff is slanted. But I don't think sleep is for suckers. And I don't think broke people. Uh, or, or whatever it is, when you don't sleep, you're broke, or when if you do sleep, you're broke, or whatever the weird thing the guy said. I don't believe any of those things because you're supposed to make money in your sleep. So I just doesn't the the fascination around this sleep thing. It almost feels like <laughs> they're regurgitating um, a really bad a really bad point of view. Oh, here we go. Let me see. I have found some stuff, but oh, let me see. The love of sleep is the issue. The love of sleep. Let's look at it before we head out. And I know, uh, you know, for a lot of people that reach the end of these episodes, they know that the, the best part is always at the end. That's when we, that's when the Holy Spirit drops in and gives us the great wisdom of the day. So let's let's sign off real quick here. 16 signs that you love sleep more than people. I want to look at these proverbs. The the love of sleep. There was a scripture on it. There was I was looking at it the other night. It was a scripture on oh, do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you will have food to spare. Proverbs for the day. Yeah. Do not love sleep. It says do, do not love it. Doesn't mean not to have it. It also says do not love money. It says money, the love of money is the root of all evil, but then you want the money. So let's look at this real quick. Do not love sleep or you'll become poor. Open your eyes and you'll be satisfied with food. Romans 12 and 11. Not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Give no sleep to your eyes, no nor slumber to your eyelids. How long will you lie down, O sluggard, when you arise from your sleep? See, 
Oh, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. Oh, so this is about timing. It's about when you sleep. He who gathers in the summer is a son who acts wisely. He who sleeps in the harvest is a son who acts shamefully. So when is harvest time? All right, so what time, what time of year is the harvest? Autumn. Typically, harvest season starts late September or early October. So the if you're sleeping during these times, that's where you miss everything. You're supposed to gather during the summer. What, what did it just say? Look, y'all, we got to put two and two together. He who gathers in the summer is a son who acts wisely. But he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. For the heavy drinker and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe one with rags. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think all the people who are branding themselves around sleep and all this stuff, because you know, you know what the number one, the number one cause of death in this world is sleep deprivation. Sleep deprivation is a general term to describe a state caused by inaccurate quantity of quality sleep, including voluntary or involuntary sleepiness, rhythm, sleep disorder. Sleep is important to the human body as food and water, but many of us don't get enough sleep. Uh, Number one cause of death. In fact, inaccurate sleep duration has been linked to seven out of 15 leading causes of death in America. So there's people, people are running around talking about you don't need sleep. But sleep, without sleep, sleep is one of the, sleep deprivation is one of the number one reasons for death in America. I'm just going to, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be kind here, y'all, before I head out. So to brand yourself as mm, to brand yourself as something that is the leading cause of death in America and push that out to the people, you're basically promoting death. So and who does that? You know, I re- I used to read this really great. <laughs> book called Outwitting the Devil. (laughs) Oh, boy. Don't you just love this game? Oh, my goodness. Outwitting the Devil. Let's see if we can get some quotes. And in the book, it basically, basically, I mean, you can interpret it how you like. But one of the things I love about the book is uh napoleon hill is interviewing supposedly the devil you know it's kind of through the imagination uh, at least that's what they tell us um 
but he basically outlines exactly what he does or the devil does in order to pull people to his, his side. Uh, I'm just reading some of the quotes here. The capacities, uh, the capacity to surmount failure without being discouraged is the chief asset of every person who attains outstanding success in any calling. Failure is not. Oh, here we go. Failure is a man-made circumstance. It is never real until accepted by man as permanent. So if you don't accept failure, you're fine. But no, there was there was something else that in the in the in the book. Oh, here we go. The creator never singles out an individual for an important service to mankind without first testing him through struggle in proportion to the nature of the service he is to render. There's some really good stuff in this book, but one of the things that I remember is how, oh, here we go. Those who work for money alone and who receive for their pay nothing but money are always underpaid. No matter how much they receive, money is necessary, but the big prize of life cannot be measured in dollars and cents. Hmm. And that, yo, one of my favorite books is called Outwitting the Devil, man. And in the book, it basically tells you what the devil does. And oh, it talks about being um, what's the, what's the name of the thing? Um there's two types of people in this world. That's what it basically says. Two types of people outwitting the devil. I want. I can't remember the name. And I'm. I'm glad I do it this way because I know a lot of people. They come on their their platforms. They know all the answers to everything, and they got a script in front of them, and that's uh, fine. But I'd rather just do it organically. Um, there's two types of people in this world, and the devil is trying to get you to be a drifter. There it is. There's a drifter and a non-drifter. The drifter is said to be one who does little to no thinking on their own. A drifter is one who permits him, him or herself to be influenced and controlled by circumstances outside of their mind. So how does the devil induce people into the habit of drifting? We come to learn that parents, school teachers, religious instructors, and other adults unknowingly serve the devil's purpose by destroying children's ability to think and reason for themselves. And so what I'm saying is the devil has a hold of some of these people because they're not even thinking rationally. They're not thinking rationally. One of the number one reasons for death in America is sleep deprivation. And people are running around telling people not to sleep. So how does the devil induce people into the habit of drifting? We come to learn that parents, school teachers, religious instructors, and other adults unknowingly serve the devil, unknowingly serve the devil's purpose by destroying children's ability to think and reason for themselves. There's a whole chapter on education and religion that goes deep into the subject. The non-drifter is the opposite of a drifter. The non-drifter has a mind of his own. And uses it for all purposes. He outlines other characteristics of a non-drifter, but chief among them is that a non-drifter is always engaged in doing something definite through some well-organized plan, which is definite. He or she has a major goal in life towards which he or she is always working. 
and many minor goals, all of which lead towards his central scheme. In a nutshell, a non-drifter is intentional about their life. See, I don't, a non-drifter is not just running to every single thing that comes up. They're not stealing people's uh, identities and names and trying to do things because it has a quick hit to it. Oh, one more thing. The contemporary world we live in offers us a lot of curated information served to us through news media or from people whom we have put on a pedestal. This could be so-called experts, celebrities, influencers, and others. In many cases, these individuals and institutions that we revere are propped up to influence and control the ideas and ultimately the behaviors we adopt. Read that again. The contemporary world we live in offers us a lot of curated information served to us through the news media or from people whom we have put on a pedestal. There's greater need in, in, in this day and age to question more, for each individual to take their own initiative to research, to educate themselves, and more importantly, to think for themselves instead of blindly following a herd or conforming to the prevalent group think. So I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking for myself, and I know that the number one death, number, number one of the number one ways that death is happening in America is through sleep deprivation. And there are people with platforms who are telling you not to sleep. Or they're shaming you and saying, how dare you sleep, you'll be a rock. And it's really about the love of sleep that is the issue. Or sleeping at the wrong time. If you're, if you're sleeping during your harvest, you'll miss it. But if, but if your harvest isn't there yet, and you're supposed to gather during the summer. Oh, boy. Do your own research. Do your own thinking. Play this episode back. Find all the nuggets inside of it, man. But I'm just, there's things out here that just make no absolute sense. And people are just running rampant and running wild and telling people things that are detrimental to their health. And here's the thing. Nothing in this world actually rests. Everything is in movement. So even when you're sleeping, there's still things going on. There's a great book recommendation. Should I pull it up? Let's pull it up. There's a great... (laughs) Let's let's pull up one more. Oh, I love this. We should do these more often. We just examine the world. If you want more podcast episodes like this, send us a message, man. Let me know. Leave a voice note. Oh, don't you just love it? Don't you just love it? Um, okay. There's a really great book called The Feeling is a Secret. The Feeling is the Secret. And it talks about sleep, actually. It actually, ta- it actually tells you a really amazing... Shh, don't tell nobody. There's an amazing secret inside of this book 1944 by Neville Goddard there's a secret in this book let's pull up the bio of the book real quick this book is concerned with the art of realizing your desire 
It gives you an account of the mechanism used in the production of the visible world. It is a small book, but not slight. There is a treasure in it, a clearly defined road to the realization of your dreams. Where is where is it possible to carry conviction to another by means of reasoned arguments and detailed instances? This book would be many times its size. It is seldom possible, however, to do so by means of written statements or arguments, since to the suspended judgment, it always seems possible to say that the author was dishonest or deluded, and therefore his evidence was tainted. Consequently, I have purposely omitted all arguments and testimonies, and simply challenged the open-minded reader to practice the law of consciousness as revealed in this book. Personal success will prove far more convincing than all books that could be written on the subject. So, let's look up the law of consciousness real quick. And if you don't believe any of this stuff, don't. You don't have to believe anything I'm telling you. Uh, Let's see. Law of consciousness. Law of consciousness. Law of consciousness. Law of consciousness. Let's see if we can get a good definition. Definition. Let's see if we can get a good definition of law of consciousness. I see. Oh, it says legal. It's supposed to say law. Law of consciousness. Well, everything's coming down to legal. Law of consciousness. Because what I do is I look at something and then it'll tell me something else. I'm like, oh, well, we got to research that because there's more to it, to it. A lot of times the answer is within the answer, within the answer, within the answer, within the answer. First of all, I would like to think, okay, let's see. Law of consciousness, really successful predictions, universal law. Oh, man, I can't find it. That's how I know this is good. The law of consciousness is hard to even, you can't even... Oh, here we go. You can't even find stuff on it. That should tell you something. We got to go dig. So there's a book on it. It is the aim of law of consciousness to increase the reader's understanding, ultimate truth. In this book, we will discover invaluable insight about the nature of reality, the inner operations of the mind, and more secrets yet untold in the game of life. The law of consciousness is truly a masterpiece of intellect which captures the impartial commitment to veracity of the age of Aquarius. Look. I'm just going to say this. This book, The Filling is a Secret, Navelle Goddard, debunks every single thing about sleep is for suckers or that only broke people sleep or whatever the other guy said. These people don't know what they're talking about. But if you want to go along with the herd, go with it. Because see, what they do is they use social proof and they say, well, we got all the, see what social proof means? What social proof means is I have a big group of people following me, so you should too. I have 200,000 something people doing what I do, so I must be right. That doesn't mean you're right. That just means you have information that people have decided to flock towards. That's all that means. It doesn't mean that you're accurate at all. 
Um, Kendrick said, I'm back to my tweets here. Kendrick says, take off the designer. And then social media says this. Oh, it's funny. All these gifts. Oh, it's not playing. People are, Kendrick is saying, take take off the designer and people are wearing design. Oh, here it is. I talked about this too. They they keep telling me sleep is for broke people. There it is. In vain, it, uh, this is a scripture. I can't remember which scripture it came from. In vain, you rise early and stay up late, tolling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Nope, maybe you can't get any sleep because you aren't of God. Maybe the reason why they say sleep is for suckers is to hide the fact that God won't allow them to sleep because God will grant sleep to those he loves. It's just about the timing of it. Just don't sleep during your harvest time. And in today's world, you don't have to wait till September through October to harvest. You could be harvesting every day. It's all about what you're harvesting. And we can look up that definition too. They will tell you that sleep is for broke people right before they take a nap. The guy was on, he looked like, he looked tired. That black millionaires dude, he looked exhausted. He looked like he was about to take a, take a huge nap. And he's telling people that sleep is for broke people. You needed sleep, homie. All right. Let's look up uh, one last thing and then we'll head out. In vain, you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. He grants sleep to those he loves. It just isn't. Yeah, that was a great line in the Kendrick Lamar album. Um, shut up when you hear love talking shut up when you hear love talking mm. oh and celebrity do not mean integrity you fool that's what Kendrick Lamar said now just because Kendrick said it don't make him you know he's not our savior that's what he told us but there is some wisdom there and Angela Yee was running around with celebrities and that doesn't mean that they have integrity. Doesn't mean they're right. It just means that Angela Yee has to, you got to remember the breakfast club is transitioning out over the next few years. So all the people that are on there are finding different paths to where they're going. And her, uh, Angela Yee is deciding to go in the financial literacy route as one of her routes. You know, she, you know, she's made investments, she's made business deals. And so she feels like this is a good area for her. Charlemagne is in the mental health space. So that's where he's decided to go, even though he's tiptoeing into financial literacy. He might want to back down. And, you know, DJ Envy, he's been in the real estate, car game, and doing all those stuff. But they're transitioning out. But they're leveraging celebrity. That's how they get these deals. They get deals and say, well, I'll go get celebrities and then I'll make money from it. It'll bring more attention to what we're doing. It just, it, you know, you're an influencer. So if you can get celebrity to be a part of it, it brings money. But it doesn't mean there's integrity in what the words. Oh, I love that tweet. Dr. Ajama Opara. 
I'm not sure who Doctor is. PhD, twenty one thousand people following her. That was a great tweet. Assistant professor at Yale, director at the Shosh Lab. Tell her I'd like to talk to her. No amount of DE, DEI trains can protect black people in America. Yep. That's simple. You entertain an old friends when they toxic. Yep. You out of pocket. Yep. Catch the Lamar album on a scale of one to ten. It's a solid eight right now. It could it could grow, it could go down, but it's still early. I mean, we're talking about it came out on a Friday, uh, Thursday night, so all of Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm recording this on a Monday. As soon as this is over, I'm going to take this video and put it out tonight. So it'll probably be out Monday night, and people will wake up on Tuesday and listen to it. Right? Will Biden speak publicly about the hate crime, or will he be silent? Will it be a local story that went national? A big part of your job is finding out who you want to learn and collaborate with. Oh, that's a great video I put on on Twitter. The freedom of being nobody. Like when people tell me I'm a nobody, I'm like, thank you. Gosh, like the fact that you know that I'm a nobody. It's beautiful. The fact that you know. That I'm not trying to be famous or be seen or anything like that it's a game changer um oh i gotta talk about this real quick don't i versus proves that sometimes bells and whistles just aren't needed so we started off the episode with bells and whistles and we're going to end with bells and whistles maybe that (laughs) maybe that needs to be the name of this episode be real goes off on versus for not letting fans watch live stream of onyx yeah people had to pay for it onyx versus cypress hill versus is officially dead who killed it onyx turns up on cypress hill in their versus battle so let's look at this clip real quick because versus every time every every chance they get they're putting more more bells and whistles on this and i and i respect uh swiss beats and timberland and all that good stuff and I actually really respect what they did when they did that deal with um, Triller. And they, all the people that were a part of it got equity share. Man, and it was so crazy. Like, as that was happening, I, I had people that I was working with, and I started talking about equity, and they all looked at me with puzzled faces. They didn't want to talk about equity with me. They didn't want to, they, they basically stonewalled me. And that's fine. But then now they're out there trying to do something similar to me that is going to do it without me. It's like, wait, this is the time to be talking about equity. And I'm so glad. Like, get out of here. Bye. Because if you're not talking about equity, what are we talking about? So let's look at this. This isn't the best video. I've seen like a real, like, I seen a video where it was it was so many lights and cameras and action and nobody watched. This is Onyx that I'm looking at. This is Onyx performing and this isn't the best video. Like the professional videos, let me see if we can find like the video video. They it looks so good. 
It looked like. Can we find that? It looked awesome. But all the bells and whistles and nobody watched. Let's see if we can find. Hiphopisreal.com. Oh, this dude's saying you disrespected our legacy. Cypress Hill is upset. say this and we're going to head out. All bells and whistles are not needed. I'm Derek Moultrie of Black Equity Network. This is Black Equity Podcast. If you didn't pick up any wisdom today, go back and play it again. I'm giving you a lot of game today. And I called out names. And if anybody wants to come on and talk about anything I said, you're welcome to come on. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening, man. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon uh, with another uh, conversation. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Black Equity Network. Uh, Oh, you know what? If you want to be part of our uh, true community, it's offline, really. Right? Here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to text me at the following number. Text me uh, equity at 305-590-5618. Once again, that's 305-590-5618. You can reach me directly. Uh, sign up, put your information in, and any new information that comes out, we'll send it over to you. Typically, the things that we'll talk about on there are are investment opportunities or partnership opportunities or new episodes that will come out, or sometimes people will reach out on there to get on the show. So that's where where really everything happens. Instagram is cool. We put clips on there to really wake people up on what's really going on. Uh, But really, this number is the place to do it. 305-590-5618. All right, I'm out. We dropped a lot. You might start doing this weekly, man. Just going through the game and really analyzing it and taking some quality time. All right. Let's get this, let's get this episode published, man. Let's get this episode published and let the people hear it.